I'm Siri. I'm like Ray, but I'm a witcher, and I'm gonna be a great witcher, and me and Geralt, we're gonna be the best witchers of all the witches. <laughs> That's how I hear Siri in my head. Oh, God bless her. He has to make plenty of compromising decisions to protect Siri once he's decided to do that. Spoiler alert, it's at the end of the season already, and it's gonna be for the whole thing. It's Geralt and Siri. I'm Siri. I'm gonna be a witcher with Geralt, the best witcher of all the witches. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. You're a mutant. Created by magic. Roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters. For a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. Called the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks. We made it. Number five of five of my top five predictions for The Witcher. Season two on Netflix. Again, these are my big general ones based on the book or books. Uh, that they will be using in season two for sure as i mentioned the blood of elves which is book one of the series saga um and i think maybe they're going to go beyond it and that's going to be part of this prediction um just to uh say it once more is i'm going to do a second predictions podcast maybe with a guest um of, a, of five more predictions uh that are going to be much more far out um that will involve working in video games secondary lore uh things that it seems the showrunners might want to do for television that might not be in the books at all but is in the spirit of it um bringing in things that happen quote-unquote in the future or as happened in the short story books that they haven't worked into the show yet um and so those will be kind Kind of more far out theories, uh, you know, conspiracy theories, I guess you would call them, uh, and uh, will f- for sure involve wish fulfillment, stuff that I would want to do. Um, at least that would be a sort of 50% of it, and then the other 50% reading the tea leaves. Well, these first five, uh, you know, I think is, you know, more like 75, 80%. Not necessarily they're going to happen or happen how exactly how I'm saying it, um, presenting it, but just, you know, the, the reading of the tea leaves for these predictions are almost directly from the book you know kind of triangulated with um, what we've seen in the show so far and what they like to do in the show what they like to change and what they like to keep loyal Um, but this is the one if you have only read the blood of elves the first book of the Siri saga the Siri pentology if you've only read that and you haven't read the second book in particular time of contempt or beyond to you know most or all of the uh, book series uh, the five series books if you haven't read past the first book blood of elves into the second book time of contempt 
and you don't want to be spoiled on a possible thing that I think could happen in this coming season from book two, um, as opposed to waiting to the third season. So just a you know a, a quick refresher again. The first season was the short two short stories, Last Wish and Sort of Destiny, which were written first, but essentially are prequels to what became the Siri Pentology, which is sort of the main high fantasy Lord of the Rings ask you know series um, of The Witcher, um, which is what they'll be working on from now on, um, working with from now on. And you know it would seem to make sense uh, you know to do one book per season. Season, five more seasons, uh, which I think was their original intention. But since then, they've announced numerous other seasons, things that happened thousands of years ago, an animated series about the history of the Witchers, um, and they've even been hinting very strongly about working in video game stuff which is smart as hell, Um, not only because a lot of us got into this through the video games, but because there's just great lore, Um, and even though the video games technically take place after all the movies, nevertheless, there's some stuff um, thematically, uh, visually, you know, in terms of the fighting and the violence and the magic and so forth, uh, that they take more liberties with in the video games, Um, but that it seems Andrei Sapkowski, the writer of the books, would be fine working in if it's done the right way. And so with all of those factors, um, I don't know if it's going to be, quote-unquote, only five more seasons. Um, I could definitely see more than five more seasons if it's super popular, like how Game of Thrones got, but I could also see it be less than five more seasons, potentially three or four, and this is uh, where my fifth uh, and final prediction for today lies, which is that I believe uh, that this next season is going to, yes, have Blood of Elves, book one of the series saga, but is going to actually go about halfway through the second book as well before the end of the season, um, that book being The Time of Contempt. So, last warning, spoilers of things that happen in the second book of the series saga, Time of Contempt, and uh, thank you for joining me if you have to leave now. Otherwise, uh, stick around, and uh, here comes the prediction. All right, so... As I hinted strongly there in the preamble spoiler warning, and I've been sort of hinting throughout this entire podcast, and I've mentioned in the past, I used to think they were actually going to combine all of book one and book two into one season, but with only eight to ten episodes per season, that's a little bit of a tall order. But um, I'm feeling more and more strongly based on sort of the momentum of the series how fast they want things to move and the fact that while the blood of elves is amazing character study um with siri and and her various protectors slash teachers and Geralt and the witchers and yennefer and triss of course um and then we have the big adventure with the dwarves and the battle um and and so forth that they barely survived that i mentioned in uh number four uh, a couple minutes ago the battle with the dwarves is not exciting or big enough um, of an ending to a series like this uh, of a season. Um, it's season two, but it's, again, the first season from the Book of Siri, the Siri saga, the Siri pentology. And, you know, the fact that the, 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 episodes seven and eight in season one, they ended with the huge magic uh, battle um, between Nilfgaard and the North, people of the North, with Yennefer and the sorceresses trying to defend the people of the North against the Nilfgaardians and and their mages, um, the Battle of Sodden, as I've talked about on the podcast, um, which, you know, you may have heard, or if you haven't listened to 
of my Witcher podcast, maybe you've heard elsewhere or haven't, which is that the Battle of Sodden, starting in the upcoming book, The Blood of Elves, is talked about a lot, and we know that it happened when and where it, it, they happened in sort of the chronology of the story that we saw, um, but it's not actually described in, in sort of the present day in the book the way they do in the show. Meaning, while seven episodes seven and eight of season one is divided between, you know, Siri escaping the forest and finding a new home temporarily, where she, she can be safe, um, Geralt uh, really starting to lose, you know, hope and faith and in, in, in himself and humanity and almost dying and having a vision and seeing his mom uh, who comes to help him and confronting his past and then, of course, you know, finding Siri at the very end. Um, and then the third, of course, is Yennefer and, and the Enchantress's fighting. In the books, it's just those first two. It's just Geralt and Ciri um, trying to find each other in different ways um, and not sure that they're even alive. Uh, Ciri hoping against hope and with her dreams, she's holding out hope that Geralt's alive. He's basically lost hope at that point um, because he, after their uh, journeys in Brokilon Forest in the books, which does not, you know, reoccur uh, or not occur in that way in, in the TV show, she goes back home and then Sintra burns to the ground and so Geralt is, you know, convinced that she must be dead and that he screwed up by, you know, not taking her um, immediately after their uh, adventures together in the forest. Um, but they do find each other in the end um, and fate brings them together um, when he helps the wagon driver and it happens that the wagon driver's wife is the one who adopted Ciri and invoking the law of surprise once more Geralt's able to get Ciri and they have the big hug at the end of the book just like at the end of season one of the TV show this all being to this this is all to say that they felt like they needed to have a giant battle game of thrones style at the end of season one which i am fine with by showing us the battle of sodden and this is if you listen to my commentary i'm not only okay with it but i was glad they did it because you know there's a lot of stuff in the witcher that we hear about after the fact but we don't actually see or i guess read and so you know doing the giant battle that did happen at that time when siri and Geralt were in the places that they were um in both the book and, and and, um, you know, the pretty loyal retelling of their places in, in the series in those later episodes of season one. We know that the Battle of Sodden happened. We know that Yennefer and the Enchantresses, many of them gave their lives, were injured, almost died like Triss. You know, I think like 13 or 14 of them actually did die. Um, and uh, it was a big sacrifice from from sorceresses who don't normally help the common folk. Um, but it was able to push back Nilfgaard's advance, um, the, you know, the evil Nilfgaard from the south. It pushed back their advance for a couple of years, essentially. And so, you know, this isn't a, a spoiler. Again, you guys have read Blood of Elves if you're this far, but of course there's a two-year time jump where they get Ciri to care more, and she grows up a little bit, starts to become a woman. They're training her in the Witcher ways, and all I talk about with Triss, where Triss comes and teaches her how to be a woman and sort of dresses down the, the Witchers a little bit for not, you know, giving her, you know, space for her womanly needs um, and wants, occasionally at least, and, you know, training her too hard. And, but also recognizing that her her you know super powered magic can't be controlled, and they need to get her somewhere um, where it can be controlled. And of course, then the voyage uh, with the dwarves, uh, Yarpen, who we, we've already met in both the book and the TV series, the crazy dwarves uh, on, the, on the, the dragon uh, mission, uh, episode six of the series, um, and uh, I guess in the sort of destiny. I think the first, I think the dragon story with the Yennefer and so forth, and the dwarves and the bad men are is the first story in the sort of destiny um 
And, uh, but now he, he, he's, you know, as crass as always, but he's a good guy and they have to work together and they get injured and, and, and all that stuff. And, and Geralt wants to get Siri to Nenica, um, at the temple of, um, I always forget what the temple is called. Uh, the temple where Nenica is, is called Elendor, um, uh, and th- that was established in the short stories. Uh, that's actually where Carol and Dandelion are kind of hiding out as they recount the tales that they went through. So in those short story books, you know, it's it, we're hearing about the early days of, of Carol and Dandelion's adventures and misadventures together, um, but we're also seeing them in the quote-unquote present or closer to the present of, of the series saga um, as they're, you know, hanging out and recovering at, at Temple of, El- um, of Ellen with Nenica, who's a great priestess character who, you know, likes the two of them against her, her better judgment. Even Dandelion, she has to admit that she likes and she can't understand why. Um, and so, of course, that would be someone they would trust. But again, like with Triss, it doesn't end up being a place where Siri can be trained. It's not enough. She's a priestess, is Nenica. And uh, it's not that she has no magical powers or at least knowledge of magic, but it, it's clear that Yennefer is the one and the book ends with you know Yennefer doing some training with Siri and getting to know her um but ultimately she thinks Siri has to go where she went uh which is uh Aretuza, which is you know where the um you know the it's like you know uh Hogwarts for for grown women uh who want to become uh sorceresses or try and become sorceresses and so you know they head off uh either at the end of the Blood of Elves or the beginning of Time of Contempt, they head off to Aratusa. And so, it's not really a great place to end the season after you had a giant, you know, Game of Thrones battle, um, maybe even bigger than most Game of Thrones battles at the end of season one. You know, the the very violent and, and scary and, you know... Um, uh, you know, uber sort of uh, dark and realistic way that the battle with the, with um, our good guys and the dwarves versus the bad guys I talked about with Yarpin is, you know, high action, high fantasy stuff. It's not enough to end the season on that, especially with sort of the postscript of going to the temple meeting and Yennefer, meeting Yennefer and so forth. You can't end a series like this on that. They have to keep stepping it up um, and it's going to be a challenge throughout the books because the pacing of the books and who fo- who you're following and you know are you in the present are you being told stories about the past leading to the present continues to change book to book and that's what makes it such a re-readable um, series is every book while they follow one to the next in the way they should um, you know is telling the story in different ways from different perspectives different people um, and uh, you know, it makes it just you know, every book has things that the other books don't have, even though it's a five book series. But you know, Andrei Sapkowski, the writer, is not one to always have the giant battle at the end of each book. That's just not how he operates. Um, and so, doing a TV show where you do kind of need a big climax at the end of each season and with a cliffhanger, um, you know, ideally, you have to figure out okay, how are we going to do this? 
Um, and the way they're going to do this, uh, in my opinion, uh, this is, you know, this is my biggest prediction just in terms of the structure of season two. Um, I feel pretty strong about it. I have heard nothing along the lines that this will happen, but having gone through the book so many times and knowing where the big climax parts are and the big cataclysms, as I call them, are, you know, the big nexus, nexuses of, uh, of power or destruction coming together, breaking apart whatever happened um, I, I feel that well they won't do two books in one season they are going to go halfway through the time of contempt and um, I'm going to talk more about this in a future podcast because um, my other predictions already went much longer um, but you know in, in chapter chapters three and four of time and contempt are the key chapters of the series um, and what happens is for the first few chapters uh, Geralt and Ciri and Yennefer are at Eretuza, you know, with the sorceresses, um, or they get there, and they're sort of relaxed, and, you know, they, they let their guard down, and it's represented best in a really, really memorable chapter three, where Yennefer takes Geralt to the first sort of big official dinner with all the politicians who were there, and all the mages and sorceresses who are there, and there's leaders from the north, and advisors to leaders from the north, like Dijkstra, um, and uh, you've got Tasaya, you know, who trained Yennefer, who's the, the rectoress, the head of, of Eratuza, and you've got um, Philippa Eilhart, and all these other enchantresses who are super important, good, bad, and otherwise, um, and political leaders. And of course, Geralt absolutely hates it. There's not enough food for him. It's too fancy. He's hungry. Everyone's politicking and trying to get, you know, information out of him. And he's just so annoyed. And all he wants to do is spend time with Yennefer. Um, and, and Yennefer's actually very patient with him at this point because she, you know, is proud, you know, that they're together and, and is cool that it's public. And it's the first time he says, I love you to her. And it's the first time she says it back, it's a big moment, and you're thinking, wow, this is great. Everyone's getting together, and, the, you know, this, the magic folks and the political folks, and you've got, you know, Geralt representing the witchers, um, and uh, and also sort of, side note, representing, you know, the dryads of just nature in general through just who he is um, and who he's allied with. And you've got Yennefer. Everything seems great. And then he has a talk with the sorcerer, the young, great-looking sorcerer who keeps popping up and seems to be everywhere important and always on people's lips and no one can point their finger on it with Vilgefortz. And uh, Dijkstra, who is the top advisor to one of the northern kings, um, but he, the northern king uh, at this point um, from, I think it's Tamaria, um, uh, one of the more important northern kingdoms, um, is essentially the ruler because uh, the 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 father who was the king, uh, you know, is dead, and so it's one of those you have a caretaker of the throne uh, until that um, you know uh, uh, prince or I guess king in the waiting is old enough and mature enough uh, to become uh, the king. <laughs> He's a complicated character, Dijkstra uh, or Dijkstra. I have to mention though because he tells Geralt. Be, watch out, that guy Vilgefortz is going to talk to you at some point tonight, and we don't know what he's about. And he keeps coming up, and 
you know, there's something weird about him. And Geralt's like, oh, no, you know, he doesn't care about me. I'm sick of talking to all of you. I just want to go and be with Yennefer. Fuck all this. Um, and, of course, Yennefer can read his mind, and Geralt gets mad about it. But, you know, it's mostly love and positive thoughts about Yennefer. So, it's, you know, it's not so bad. And, and she, of course, you know, enjoys that he's so madly in love with her, um, as she should and as he should be. Um, but what Dijkstra says happens almost immediately thereafter where um, no, you know he runs into Vilgefortz or they go outside or something and it's just the two of them and Vilgefortz you know starts his charismatic uh, smiling self but then goes deeper and deeper into his past and telling Geralt how dark it was and how evil his parents were and uh, where his magic comes from and you know, he starts really ripping it to Geralt for, you know, speaking in, in platitudes and half-truths, which, of course, is what uh, um, Vilgefortz is doing. Is But, you know, he puts it all on Geralt. And then he does the hard sell on Geralt, which is the come join me. He doesn't say what his plans are. He doesn't even say who he's working for. But he's basically like, I've got plans. I'm the most powerful guy here. And, uh... You should really come join me while you still have a chance. The Witcher, of course, uh, tells him to fuck off, essentially. Um, and that is that. Um, and that's chapter three, uh, the big, um, you know, ball, uh, dinner, banquet, whatever you want to call it. It's re- very reminiscent of in Dune, halfway through, uh, or no, less than halfway through. Halfway through the first of the three books that make up the first book of Dune, whatever you want to call it, Act One, uh, is the big political dinner where we have the Atreides, who are still in power on Dune uh, slash um, Arrakis, uh, but you have all these people from the Trade um, Federation or whatever they're called in the different houses, and it's a very long political chapter that's very Game of Thronesy. Um, you know, Game of Thrones took a lot from Dune. And, you know, it's it's obvious that the, the Witcher writer did as well. Um, and it's sort of one of those, you can tell politicking is going on, but you don't understand to what level. Now, now I mentioned in uh, prediction number three about the politics that there's, in the Blood of Elves, there's a, 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 at least a couple long scenes of the kings and queens of the North politicking um, and talking about, you know, the situation. And the two things they basically decide on is Siri has to be killed because she's dangerous. And if she's still alive, she must go so that they can take over Sintra and expand their lands. And, you know, and just one more, uh, you know, possible, um, uh, not enemy, but, you know, uh, w- one possible source of trouble gets Syria out of the way. Um, and the other one is let's manufacture an excuse to now go after Nilfgaard after they uh, unsuccessfully attacked us. You know, they don't mention that the the, the good sorceresses left, le- led by Triss and Yennefer, Triss and Yennefer saved them, and not that they didn't save themselves, but now they're going to manufacture a reason, and this is revisited in book two as well, um, they're going to manufacture reasons to go after Nilfgaard, and what Yennefer and Geralt don't realize is that uh, people like Dijkstra and some of the uh, other sorceresses, um, uh, like uh, Tasaya, who runs Eretuza, um, and some of the other, uh, some of the other sorcerers, uh, excuse me, some of the other sorceresses there, like Philippa Eilhart, um, who's kind of Dijkstra's pet sorceress slash love interest, at least in his brain, uh, you know, but she, of course, as usual, she's using him as much or more than he's using her, but a bunch of them f- find out or suspect heavily that Vilgefortz 
uh, and some of his people are actually working for the Emperor of Nilfgaard and are there as, at best, spies, but probably saboteurs, assassins, and so forth. And they have to go. And so there's a putsch, as they call it. There's a coup starting in Chapter 4, and it takes Yennefer and Geralt totally by surprise. Ciri's already left the campus. You know, she's always physically and mentally off the reservation at the wrong time. Uh, Yennefer runs after Ciri, tells her to get the hell out of there. Um, and, you know, Yennefer's going to protect, you know, her her departure to the extent that she can. Geralt, of course, is going to do the same, and everyone kind of gets separated, and, you know, it, it turns out that Vilgefortz was actually an agent of, uh, even though Vilgefortz, you know, led the, the defense in the Battle of Sodden, as we saw in Season 1 of The Witcher, he was, he did it as a... Um, uh, as sort of a double blind um, double agent uh, m- maneuver working for the emperor of Nilfgaard um, but what they don't see uh, the people I mentioned Dijkstra and Philippa and so forth who go after uh, 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 Vilgefortz and the Skoyatile who I mentioned the sort of e- the sort of evil roguish elves and, and, and you know some of Vilgefortz's people but Vilgefortz is at the top what they don't realize and what the, em- the emperor doesn't even realize is that Vilgefortz has been working for himself the whole time in terms of power um, which it should be mentioned the reward for, you know, infiltrating and ruining the northern kingdoms from within, uh, which is thwarted here temporarily, <laughs> that the emperor promised Vilgefort basically to rule the north, uh, you know, under the under the aegis of uh, of the emperor, but you know, to be sort of the you know mini emperor of the north. Vilgefort doesn't care about that. He cares about Ciri like everyone else and wants the power of the elder blood. And so it turns out that he's working at, at for himself. And Vilgefort does get away. He is injured. Um, uh, somewhat badly on his way out by, I think, Siri or Yennefer. Um, let's see, Vilgefortz confront Geralt. Siri's uh, there in the tower. Vilgefortz repeats his offer to Geralt to join the quote-unquote willing side, winning side. Geralt refuses. Um, Geralt gets his ass kicked. Vilgefortz actually uses, like, a staff. He doesn't even use, like, a real weapon. He beats the shit out of Geralt. Doesn't kill him. Um, And then he enters the the Tower of the Gauls, which is important. Uh, We'll save for later. Um, And Ciri escapes through an ancient magical portal. Um, and uh, it collapses the tower and leaves Vilgefort's face badly scarred. So this, you know, beautiful young charismatic mage is now fully evil and is going to look evil as well. But it's too late for the good guys at this point um, because he uses good looks, charisma, charm, and, uh, you know... uh, uh, manipulation uh, superpowers, or whatever you want to call them, to get to this point. The whole point being is everybody's wrong or uh, unaware. The real good guys, Yennefer and Geralt, and of course Ciri by extension, have no idea that any of this is going to happen. And Dykstra and Philippa and their and Tessaia. Sorry, I need to take that back. Tessaia sides with Vilgefort. So Tessaia has sided with Vilgefort at the Battle of Sodden, which they show in season. Uh, it's very smartly. It's very quick, but you know when Tessaia in episode seven and eight of the first season on TV on uh, Netflix try, is con- trying to convince her former student um, 
uh, Yennefer to join their cause in defending against Nilfgaard and, you know, <laughs> this great-looking mage who seems like a good guy who came out of nowhere at the time, Vilgefortz, and decides, says, I'm going to join Vilgefortz. And so, you know, up until this point when the, the coup happens in the middle chapter of Time of Contempt, chapter 4 again, um, you know, it has... Uh, D- defends Vilgefortz even further because the, the other mages that are there are supposed to remain neutral, um, like Philip Eilhart and so forth, um, or Yennefer. Uh, and uh, let's just say, not long thereafter, when Tosai realizes how very wrong she is, um, she does not think she should live anymore um, and does something really bad to herself not that much longer after this it's very quick and very sad Um, but you know this is exactly exactly the place to end the season and I'll stop here because you know not only is there huge battles with weapons and magic you know across all of Eretuza and the island and the bridge and this beautiful crazy um, you know magical kingdom mini kingdom or whatever the Hogwarts for for adults Um, but this is when the heroes are scattered so you end with a giant battle full reveal of Vilkafort's how powerful he is that he's working for himself that everyone is going after Siri for different reasons that the political folks, you know, again are going to try and manipulate war against Nilfgaard that, you know, Emperor Mir who seems to have everything going his way and have Vilgefortz on his side never did, and Vilgefortz has much bigger plans and on top of everything, and most importantly in terms of the cliffhanger, is the heroes are scattered Ciri goes again off into the woods and, and on her own Geralt again gets injured you know, Yennefer disappears turns out she becomes a, a prisoner later on and this is where, you know I don't, I'm not going to go into books 3 and 4 yet, but it's hard to know what they're going to do with Yennefer after what I just described in the middle of book 2, because she only comes in and out very irregularly but as one of the main three cast with the amazing Anya Chalotra um, and just the, the love of Yennefer and the fact that she's considered one of the mains um, through all lore um, by fans um, old and new they're going to find ways to, to work her in and see her more episode to episode um, I just don't know how but this is exactly the way to end it um, you know this is the you know it's like you can't do this in movies like Marvel movies but you know imagine if you know Avengers 1 was a two-parter and it ended with the helicarrier scene where you know the hulk destroys everything tries to kill natasha and loki manipulates everybody and ejects his brother and you know and uh the helicarriers you know crashing towards the ground before cap and iron man start working together to save it and before the avengers come together in the battle of new york it'd be as if you stopped it right there which you can't do in a movie um usually um Unless it's, you know, Infinity War Part 1 and 2, the Final Avengers movies, I suppose, um, like a two-parter you know ahead of time, um, uh, or The Empire Strikes Back, which very specifically was supposed to be all... I mean, that's the, that's the comparison here, and I'll let you guys go as Empire Strikes Back. This is, you know, <laughs> is, you know if you just do The Blood of Elves, you're doing A New Hope, Star, Star Wars A New Hope, and the good guys are kind of winning at the end, seemingly like when they destroy the Death Star 1 at the end of New Hope. But if you go through 1 and then half or a little bit more of Book 2 into the coup that I'm talking about and Vilgefortz being... uh, uh, 
unmasked and revealed as the real big, big, big baddie. If you hadn't figured it out yet, is like the Empire Strikes Back. You know, Han Solo in the Carbonite, Han, uh, Luke almost dying against Vader. Mentally, he's traumatized, learning it's his father, barely getting away. Blah blah blah. Um, and it's exactly the way you want to end the season, and it's actually the best cliffhanger. Even though it's in the middle of the second book, if you make this a cliffhanger, it's the best cliffhanger that I'm aware of. Uh, in the entire series if they do it that way. Now, the end of book four has a pretty awesome uh, battle and cliffhanger uh, leading into the final book, Lady of the Lake. I also want to point out, um, if this seems like a lot for one season uh, in terms of material, I do want to point out that you know the final book, Lady of the Lake, is extremely long. It's like almost 600 pages, but every other book, including the short story books, The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, are between 350 and 400, with very big print, um, as opposed to most fantasy and science fiction books, which are like twice that length or more, with tiny print, and so, if they're able to do eight episodes working in so loyally the important stories in The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny for a combined, you know, 800 pages or whatever, then doing the 350 to 400 pages of Blood of Elves, and then half of Time of Contempt, which is, you know, 150. Let me see where the, the coup actually goes to. I got the book right here. So the coup chapter, chapter four, um, starts on page 153 and goes to about 200. So you're still a couple hundred pages short of the combined page length of the short story books that made season one. Meaning, if they can make 800 pages work in eight episodes of the first season with so much introduction and ground to cover, then a character-building book like Blood of Elves and then a crazy action, cataclysm, set piece with the heroes scattered with the beginning of Time of Contempt, you can certainly do, especially if they go 10 episodes which I think they're going to, and I hope they do, not just eight. They, um, and, you know, people, if they haven't read the books in particular, their minds are going to be blown, even if they've started suspecting who the good guys and bad guys are. Other than Vilgefort, after that coup, uh, you know, we're rooting for Jennifer Geralt and Ciri, but we don't really know who the good guys and bad guys are. We thought Tosaya was a good guy, but she sided with Vilgefort, and we thought maybe Philippa was a good guy. It depends, you know, how you feel about, you know, actively working against Nilfgaard and you know, maybe Nilfgaard is, is actually not worse than the Northern Kingdoms, which are plotting to do also horrible things to Ciri, potentially worse things. The Emperor wants to marry Ciri, which is gross, because this is his daughter, spoiler alert. Um, but he certainly doesn't want to kill her, um, whereas the Northern Kingdoms just want to murder her and take over, you know, her kingdom uh, of what's left of Sintra. Um, kill the poor lion cub. They've got no shot at that. We'll get to that later. So, um, I'll end there. I could talk about this subject forever. Maybe I'll do a separate podcast i know it's super long this last one um but uh you know i thought it was important to get this on the z record um because this is what i would do and so far lauren hisrick showrunner and her team has shown exactly the material to take directly and the material that needs to be modified and what even to add occasionally or again like the battle of sudden at the end of season one show us 
lore that's not directly in the book but is referenced in the book and happens that way it just isn't you know it's described that way in the book like the way we see the battle of helm's deep in two towers um but here they they gave it to us in season one and thank god it was glorious and just gonna be more glorious going forward so hope you enjoyed this hope you and yours are doing as well as possible given the situation um i'll be coming back at you with more witcher stuff soon hope you enjoyed my first top five predictions um uh, I'll come. I have some more predictions coming up, and I start the Witcher Book Club with my friends who are starting to work their way through the books. I, if you're here this long, I hope you've at least read the first and/or second book and get through the whole series. It's worth it. It's going to be so long for the next season, and they're going to have enough new surprises. You know that you know unless you really want zero spoilers, it, it's worth reading the books. Um, but if you want to wait, then wait and read the books afterwards. Uh, but I, I truly believe they're the best fantasy books ever written. Um, in, I'm a Tolkien guy through and through. Love Lord of the Rings. Uh, but for a modern sensibility, you can't beat these books um, with how relevant the, uh, the political situations are and how relatable the characters are, even this bizarre fantasy scenario. So thank you again so much. Coming back at you soon. May the Force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.